Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 18, verses 1 through 20, on page 359. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my stony rock and my defense. My Savior, my God, and my might, in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn also of my salvation, and my refuge. I will call upon the Lord, which is worthy to be praised. So shall I be safe from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the overflowings of ungodliness made me afraid. The pains of hell came about me, the snares of death overtook me. In my trouble I called upon the Lord, and complained unto my God. So he heard my voice out of his holy temple, and my complaint came before him, and entered even into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked, the very foundations also of the hills shook, and were removed, because he was wroth. There went a smoke out in his presence, and a consuming fire out of his mouth, so that coals were kindled at it. He bowed the heavens also, and came down, and it was dark under his feet. He rode upon the cherubim and did fly, he came flying upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place, his pavilion round about him with dark water, and thick clouds to cover him. At the brightness of his presence his clouds removed, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered out of heaven, and the highest gave his thunder, hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered them, he cast forth lightnings and destroyed them. The springs of waters were seen, and the foundations of the round world were discovered, 
at thy chiding, O Lord, at the blasting of the breath of thy displeasure. He sent down from on high to fetch me, and took me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strongest enemy, and from them which hate me, for they were too mighty for me. They came upon me in the day of my trouble, but the Lord was my upholder. He brought me forth also into a place of liberty. He brought me forth even because he had a favor unto me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the fifteenth chapter of Genesis. After these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but the one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven, and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two, down the middle, and placed each piece opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them four hundred years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge. Afterwards they shall come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to pass, when the sun went down and it was dark, that, behold, there was a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. On the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land, from the great river of Egypt, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenizzites, and the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, and the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Here, end, here endeth the first lesson. Blessed art thou, Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim. Praise and exalted above all forever. 
Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 38th verse of the ninth chapter of St. Mark. Now John answered him, saying, Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us, casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him, because he does not follow us. But Jesus said, Do not forbid him, for no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is on our side. For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, assuredly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. And whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand makes you sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than having two hands. Go to hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die and the, fi the, the fire is not quenched. And if your foot makes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your eye makes you sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be seasoned with fire, and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves, and have peace with one another. Here endeth the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, 
suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, who has taught us that all our doings without charity are nothing worth, send thy Holy Ghost and pour into our hearts that most excellent gift of charity, the very bond of peace and of all virtues, without which whosoever liveth is counted dead before thee. Grant this for thine only Son, Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Just a few quick thoughts about today's lessons. Um, in our lesson from Genesis, we have Abram entering into a covenant with God, or more properly, we should see it as God entering in a into a covenant with Abraham. And this is the Hebrew root word for, for covenant is to cut. And so we see this scene here where he's taking these animals and cutting them in half. And this is a, a an ancient Near East practice of, of a ritual where a covenant is entered into. And this type of covenant is was is typically a one where a master enters into with a servant or a king enters into with a subject and and makes these promises because of their loyalty it's always a relationship of a superior to an inferior and granting the inferior uh some boon and this cutting in half symbolizes what will happen if the covenant is broken that you will be cut off in the same way. And we should see this as a way of God explaining to Abram how he will perform his promises, 
God does not have to do these things, these rituals, in order to guarantee things. It's more of a way of him showing to Abram as a human with all of his weakness how much he can trust in God. And the reason for this is that God has made promises about the land. And Abram can't see how his descendants will inherit this because he doesn't have any children. He sees all these promises, this future things happening, but it won't be happening in a way for him. It will be happening for someone else. Someone in his household will be his heir. His, he will have no descendants of his own. And God has promised him that he will indeed have descendants, that they will be the ones who inherit the land. And Abram believes him. And this is an important notion here, that he believes him and God accounts it for righteousness. And this will be an important point that, that Paul will make later when the issue of what it means to follow Christ and enter into this the new Israel is that people were claiming that in order to follow Jesus and be a Christian, you had to follow the Torah. You had to do all those things, including things like circumcision. And Paul makes a point that here we see that God has made this promise to Abram before the Torah exists, this pre-existed, that the important thing that Abram does here and the thing that all of us must do is to believe in God. And this takes it out of the realm of purely an intellectual belief in believing certain precepts or dogmas or what you will, which is what we often get into trouble to trouble with as Christians, that we think that belief is a series of, of statements that we have to ascribe to, that we have to say, you know, read a list of things and say, okay, I believe this, this, and this, therefore I'm okay. This belief that Abram is showing is absolute trust in God. So our belief has to be a trust in God and not just a series of intellectual assents, if you will. And so this is the vital component of our faith is trust in God and belief in him as a person. That's always the essential thing for us humans to trust in anything is trust in another person who will do and mean what they say. And so this is Abram's trust in God. And this is why his, his descendants will be blessed with this land. And this trust in God means that all these things that will come to pass, Abraham does not have to see them. He does not have to witness them. These will all be far in the future, and there will be, you know, tragedies and, and troubles along the way. But trusting in God that these things, his promises will be fulfilled is something important for us to take in, that when we go through life and, and experience these things, we always have to trust in God. And it will not 
necessarily be the way that we want it to play out, but we always have to just trust in him. And then just a, a quick point about our New Testament lesson. In As we enter into the Lenten season and Jesus is talking about sin and the implications of what Jesus is saying is that you can lose your salvation through sin. And so it is necessary to cut off certain parts of us that are corrupted by sin. And it means for us that even something that in and of itself is not sinful, we may have to stop doing because it gives us occasion to sin. So, for example, if, say, you love listening to live music, but every time you go out, you wind up drinking too much and becoming a, 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 you know, getting into fights or something like that. Listening to music is not necessarily bad in and of itself, but it's better not to go to these things and give yourself this place to sin. And so that's an important thing to where we talk about our Lenten disciplines, how the things that we give up during Lent aren't sinful things. We should be giving the, those up regardless. But the things that we give up Lent in Lent teach us to treat them the right way and lessen our, our tendency to become sinful, those things that draw us away from God. So we give up good things so that we can use them in the right way and always use them where we can justifiably do them in the name of Christ and in a way make everything that we do an act of glorifying God and Jesus. So just some thoughts about today's lessons. O oh God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men.
we bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us in prayer this morning. Hope you have a great Monday and great start to your week. Thank you. Thank you, Deacon John. Thank you, Deacon John. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone.